Welcome back to the IM Symposium and the, the Winter Solstice Celebration that's beginning on December 21st and running all the way to January 6th because I'm going to be the last speaker because it's Hulda's special day where she rides on the, the night sky and takes the lost souls back to the Milky Way and it's a wind story and it just seems fitting. And today with us we have Meg Beeler. She's a shamanic guide, an author, and mentor. She weaves ancient wisdom into potent pathways for connecting with the heart of nature and the cosmos. She's the creator of energy alchemy and the founder of Earth Caretakers. Meg has immersed herself in the Andean cosmovision and shamanism for 25 years. Her latest book is Weave the Heart of the Universe into Your Life, Aligning with Cosmic Energy. She holds a sacred and inviting space for joyful connections, soul healing, and luminous present in ongoing groups, workshops, mentoring, and individual sessions worldwide. She brings her lifelong exploration of shamanic, animistic, and meditative consciousness into her work. Meg has traveled the world learning traditional wisdom in the jungles of the Amazon, the high mountains of the Andes and Himalayas, and the savannas of Africa. She lives and teaches on Sonoma Mountain in the San Francisco Bay Area. And her website is megbeeler.com. And for those of you who you should sign up to definitely be on her mailing list because I, I find her, um, her emails informative and self-reflective and really of a, a, a lot of value. And I've been on her mailing list for many, many years. And I'm really glad you're here today. And, um, and may the winds dance here with us today. Well, thank you, Renee. I'm so happy to be here with you talking about navigating the winds of change because they certainly are upon us. So the, the particular passion I bring to this conversation is about the, the ancient wisdom that can inform our ability to be fluid and connect with our lightness of being as we navigate. Um, so as you said, um, I'm a shamanic guide and I use shamanic journeying for inquiry and soul healing. I do a lot of ceremony, particularly, particularly our Andean despacho ceremonies on the mountains. And uh, I, uh, oh, I, the, um, I also draw a lot on the initiations that you and I have both received from wisdom keepers. Mm -hmm. So, in my daily practice, what's really important to me is working with energy, what I call energy alchemy, to move and shift my energy, energy so I don't get weighed down by the density of my own anxiety or somebody else's freak out or, or the state of the world, but continually exchange that energy with um, the beautiful world around us, with the sun, the wind, the stars, the cosmos, as a way of, of coming towards what is called in Quechua, Sami, or lighter refined energy. And when you're in the, the high mountains, 
of the Andes uh, close to the stars, it, it's easy to feel the Sami, which is a kind of, it's a, it's a heart opening. It's a particular kind of energy where everything is flowing and everything is in balance, which is really what shamanism is all about. And our Karo teachers have been working with this for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's not something that they talk about very much. It's like part of life. So um, it was very interesting to, to really learn and understand without any um, lectures about how to do it. So I've been, I've had wonderful teachers and I've been self-taught as well. So uh, I want to share a little bit of my story. I, I was fortunate to go to the, the Andes in Peru 25 years ago. And my, um, sorry, my phone is ringing. My very first visit, there were three transformational experiences that really put me on this path. The first was the, the joy and presence that people, the, the Quechua villagers and the Caro lived every day. I had never been around that. And, and I wanted to know how to do it. The second was uh, the amazing visions that you would have any place, anytime you went to a sacred place. And that was because those places were revered and honored with ceremony and, and related to like the beings they are. So that was very exciting to me. And, and the third part was, was just the power of being able to um, move your energy and, and be fluid. Um, so again, I, I just thought, this really draws me. How can I incorporate this into my life? So I came home and I was thinking about the, the integrating my physical experiences with my spiritual and energetic experiences, which is something not a lot of people talk about. Um, but it, it turns out to be very important in, in doing this work in a, in a holistic way. And within six months, even though my daughter was uh, like very small, I was back in the Andes. <laughs> it's one of those mysteries, you know, you just, <laughs> you don't know why you're doing something, you're just there. Um, so I kept going and coming home and, and what I was interested in was um, how to incorporate the joyfulness with the laundry of my everyday life, which is the challenge all of us have. Um, so about 10 years into this, um, the challenge that came into my life was that my daughter became very depressed and couldn't even get out of bed and go to school. So the grief and guilt and, and button pushing that I wasn't enough just overwhelmed me. And at the same time, my narcissistic aging mom started needing a huge amount from me, more than I could give. And I felt overwhelmed every second of every day. So I began to very, very seriously use these energy practices just to get myself back in the present moment for one second. Um, so I'd, I'd release the density and fill with some lighter energy and I could be present. And then it might go away in a minute. 
Um, and we've all experienced that where it, you feel like you're never going to get through it. Um, but I kept doing it. And what I found was that my, my ability to be present and to be open-hearted got stronger. I didn't feel so burdened. And, um, you know, I was really able to, to step up and emotionally and spiritually and do what I needed to do. So from that point on, I began teaching my clients and my students. And as you said, I've just published this book, which has 84 practices of energy alchemy that, that are designed to be not to do all of them, but that you can use, you can play with and choose the ones that really work for you. Because as I'm sure you've discovered it, when you're figuring out what practices you do in your daily life and to navigate and that work for you, you want to choose ones that you like that benefit you and, and that you can enjoy doing. So, um, I just want to say something about energy. Energy is just energy. It's not positive. It's not negative. And when you exchange it, um, you're, you're simply gifting one kind of energy and taking another kind of energy. And what I saw in the Andes is that there wasn't any judgment about it. There was, there was an intent to exchange heavier for lighter. Um, and there was a perception the 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 surrounding perception is that everything's alive, so you can exchange energy with anything. The weed that you're sitting by at lunch, the tree, the mountain, the stone, the, the creek, I mean, literally everything is alive. And doing these practices has, has actually made things become more alive for me. And that word you stumbled over, animism, I never used that word until recently. Um, because it, it, it was an anthropology word used to sort of describe and dismiss people who thought that everything was alive. But of course, I, I talk to my stones and I talk to mountains and talk to stars and, and they are alive. So, so I've begun like a number of people I know using that word in a really positive way. I like that word. Yeah. Even though I can't choke Say it out it. today, but... <laughs> first time I've talked in a few days. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, these, these energy practices you can use when you get up and you just don't feel good. You can use it when you have a fight with somebody in a meeting that's not going well, when you suddenly feel overwhelmed by whatever your usual things are, the self-doubt or the perfectionism or the anxiety. Um, you can use it with anything. And you don't even have to identify what's the issue. You know when your heart's heavy. So you can just say, oh, my heart's heavy. I'm going to release that to the sun and draw in the energy of the sun and let my heart be lighter. And, and uh, yeah, it's magic. So let's, um, I want to share one practice with everybody. So I'm going to actually share my screen for a minute so that you can see it. But I invite everybody to do this. That's great. Okay. okay. So this is called releasing and becoming source. Speak out loud one thing you want to let go of. Breathe it out into the universe, past the stars, past the blue-black space. 
See your obstacle flying into the heart of the universe. Now breathe back in the power of the universe, the alive, vibrating energy, a sea of potential, empty but full of all possibility. Breathe it into your heart. Fill your heart with the energy and power of the universe. On your next out-breath, breathe out your obstacle. On the in-breath, breathe in the power. On your out-breath, breathe the obstacle out into the heart of the universe. And breathe in the power of the universe, filling your heart, filling yourselves. Repeat over and over until your heart lifts and your energy shifts. Notice how you feel just in this moment when you are filled with the power of the universe. So I've used um, and developed many simple meditations and visualizations like this over the years to release my own density and fill with lighter energy. And, you know, we all need tools like this, Renee. All of us are beset with our internal personal problems as well as more and more world challenges. Um, and we all know that, that everybody is walking around incredibly stressed out. Um, so having some practices that we can draw on and having, building the intent to let this stuff go so that we can be present is, uh, you know, is really essential. So these practices help us shift gears, they help us nurture our souls, they help us ask for help from spirit and, and build our connections with spirit in, in a way that uh, I find, and I know you find, incredibly nurturing and empowering. So every time you repeat a practice like this, um, you're setting your intent to let something go. And when you do that, you're telling your body and your mind over and over and over again um, to shift gears. That intention, the instant you think it, starts affecting your whole physiology. And, um, and I guess I would say, you know, shifting is gradual. It doesn't happen overnight, but with practice, we embed you know, if you find a practice you like, you embed it in your psyche. So when you're under stress, you can call on it. And that's, that's a really crucial thing. If you've just done something once or twice and something happens, you're not going to remember it. I mean, at least I won't. <laughs> but if, you've, if you're used to doing it and your body knows that it helps you shift gears and, and release stuff and be more fluid, then your, your whole being will kind of call it forth. At least that's been my experience over the years. So, um, you know, it used to be that it took me hours when I got knocked sideways. And now it's pretty instantaneous. You know, my, if my husband loses it, I have uh, almost immediately will go to a releasing practice because I don't want to take his energy in. It's mm. not my energy. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so what happens when you work with energy alchemy? One thing is that you become lighter. 
Um, and another is that you develop fluidity. So, I mean, I often think of it as like being like a river that, that I'm moving through life like this instead of being stuck and, and uh, unable to move. Um, it certainly brings you presence and clarity and it opens portals of perception. Um, in the book, I talk about the, the four pillars of perception. And perception is a really important term in the Andean Cosmovision. It has to do with um, not thinking about, but seeing with your heart and your sacred power and your vision all at once. So the four pillars are intent, which I've mentioned, um, reciprocity, which is central in the Andes of, of this constant flow and exchange, uh, alignment, and receptivity. And uh, the receptivity part is really interesting because most of us are not very good at receiving. We're great givers. We take care of everybody. We wear ourselves out. Sure. And uh, uh, we don't take in. But these practices, you, you're intending to take in the power of the universe or the power of the sun. And so you, you make a relationship with those things. And then it's just everything is flowing more. So, I, you know, these things are pretty simple to do. And they all take us into uh, a state of, of love and joy. And in the Sami that I was mentioning, the refined energy, it doesn't mean that you're like that every minute, but every second that you're like that, helps you be in balance with the world and not burdened by uh, everything around us. So I think that's uh, pretty much what I wanted to, to share. Say for, say for now. And, and now let's talk about it. Oh, I know. I'm so excited. There's like so many things. Uh, the, this, this, uh, first of all, my cat's name is Sami. Oh, cool. <laughs> and when, uh, when I named her that, everyone said, but your last cat was Sashi. How can you? I said, no, but this one's Sami. What can I tell you? That's what she's about. <laughs> and, and so I just said, you know, it's about energy. And, you know, and so to have that, that just was a, a sweet reminder. And also that, that part of Peru, let's talk about that part of Peru for a second that, you know, you don't even know why your heart opens there. We, on a trip there once we had somebody whose heart was so closed down and everyone thought, oh, this girl's not going to make it through this journey. And by day four, I mean, you could start to see that, that hard shell melt. What do you think that magic is? I think part of the magic is that the people you're interacting with are so joyful and they don't have those hard shells up. I mean, I, I spent days sitting, you know, my first teacher was Americo Yabar, and he has a, um, an old hacienda up in the mountains near Pocartambo. And we would sit around with the village women and, you know, they're spinning 24-7 because they make all their clothes with the wool. You know, they collect the alpaca wool, they spin it, they weave it. Um, and so constant activity but they're just like laughing and joking all the time and the kids are crying and they don't pay attention i mean they don't necessarily pay attention to them but there's this incredible joy 
<laughs> I don't, the only way I can explain it is that in this, in this cultural way of thinking, that's the point, is to be joyful and full of sami. So the point is not to get it while you can or screw the other person or, you know, all the competitive things that we have in our culture. It's just to be there and love life. I mean, it sounds kind of goofy, but uh, I, I think it's catching. It's the I answer think, to your question. <laughs> I do think it's catching. And it's been really hard this year for me personally, and I'm sure you, that there's all of this chaos, all of this tumultuous winds blowing everywhere around us. And a lot of us who've been doing this work for 25, 30 years are like, okay, that's, you know, I want to put my, my good thoughts there, but my life hasn't fallen apart, you know, and, and, and I know that you just were up in the recent fire, so are very close too. But and it doesn't mean that we're avoiding the disasters, but that our relationship to them, like you said, you're able to alchemize that energy. And so tell us about that. How did you do that when the fires were raging around you? Well, uh, we, we came home from spreading my father and mother-in-law's ashes at, at Lake Tahoe, near Lake Tahoe the night before the fires. We went to sleep. I woke up and uh, smelled the smoke and the, the moon was literally red. And I looked, you know, I live on the mountain. I looked all around because obviously there were fires, but I didn't see any flames. So unbelievably, I went back to sleep. Well, the yeah. fires were like a mile away. Um, so the next morning we were evacuated and we were out of our house for, for two weeks. And, you know, there was no power and we didn't have water some of the time. We were lucky. We had a wonderful place to stay, but we stayed in town. So I was... One of the things I did, because as a shamanic practitioner, my main role in life is to keep balance. So I worked in a lot of ways that I don't usually work with, um, with wind and fire. Trying to be in relationship with them, trying to be in alignment with what was going on, and trying to bring my internal self into balance so that that could affect the external balance. Um, and I had never been in, I mean, I've done that in different situations, but not with such a disaster. Um, so that was, was one of the things. And the other was that I just, I was doing these energy practices all the time because it wasn't going to be good for me to be anxious or uh, freaked out or whatever. I mean, I had those feelings, but I would just let them go and let them go and let them go. And so it was another example of how amazing it is when you have something that some, some energy practices that work for you that you can um, stay together. There was one about three days into the fire. Uh, we, we were able to get back to our house. So we took some paintings over to my daughter's about a half hour away. So I was in the car for the first time with my partner and he was like <laughs> really jittery. And I realized that the other times I drove, I was always by myself and I was releasing and filling all the time I was driving. And it was like <laughs> um, very challenging um, with him. But, but anyway, I just kept doing that. And part of, part of Sami to me, I guess, this refined energy is um, understanding that we're part of this wide world and we don't have all the answers. We don't know why this is happening. 
and it feels, and not going into the, oh, this isn't fair. You know, I have very dear friends who lost their houses and it's, it's been very hard for everybody because it was an unusual fire. It wasn't a fire that burned and went through the town and was done. It went on for two weeks and it surrounded our whole valley. So it was very, very scary. And you never know where, when, where it was going to go from one day to the next. But, you know, when you are in the high mountains, it's like that in the winter. These storms come and uh, I, I don't remember what year it was, but one year the, the blizzards were so bad that all the alpaca herds of the Carol were killed. You know, they died in the snow. So when you're closer to nature, you're more, you're more aware of your vulnerability. And so I think you live um, more consciously in reciprocity, doing the best you can. I mean, that's 50,000 years of shamanic work that, and probably longer the world over was because people were trying to stay in relationship and trying to stay in balance. And that's pretty much what my book is about too. It's about that. It's not like a good idea to come back in balance. It's essential. It's like, it's, that is what, that is the next step. That's what has to happen. And, and I believe we're, you know, like-minded in that. And what would, besides for these exercises, do you talk about the history of the, uh, where you got to those, um, or are the, is it mostly an exercise book, this one? No, no, no. It's, uh, I tried to give a lot of context. So, of course, I, the, the Andes has been my main place of learning, but I've learned from many other cultures as well. So one of the things I try to do is um, give sto- tell stories that show mm-hmm. how people use intent or how they use reciprocity or or how they deal with um, issues that would would pull our communities apart you know when there's different different points of view Um, so one piece of the book is how to work with your personal energy one piece has to do with the stories we tell ourselves um, and how we can change the stories by shifting our perception Um, one piece has to do with re-enchanting yourself with nature because uh, you know all the practices are nature-based but uh, there's so much richness and vitality and joy for me in in being outside and you know for your readers and my readers as well so um, to to feel not just connected but supported and that's the reciprocity part you know, I was a backpacker and guard, organic gardener and hiker for my whole life. And so I was very physical with the earth. I really appreciated the earth. I love my hikes. I love going to the high mountains. But I didn't have the spiritual component. And with the spiritual component, the energetic component, you're not just being there yourself, but you're seeing how everything talks back to you, interacts mm-hmm. with you. So my, my husband always teases me, says, do you have to touch every tree? <laughs> uh, yes. I and I say, yes. <laughs> That's funny. And, so, and that brings me so to the point just, of this. Just two Sorry. more pieces of this book because, it, you know, there's these practices, but they're integrated with, there's a lot of, um, I really talk about the cosmology of the Andes, but not in an intellectual way, just how it works and, and what it is. Um, so, working with Hucha, working with Sami, 
uh, working with filaments, with working with cowci, living energy, um, all those things that everybody learns when, not everybody, but people who study with the caro learn about. And because I've integrated all that stuff into my life, I tried to make it accessible. And then the final thing really is, is connecting with the heart of the universe and, and thinking about what that is because we are the universe and the universe is us. We come from the stars. The, the water on this planet came from the stars. The minerals our bodies are made of are the same minerals um, that have made up the whole universe. So there's all these amazing uh, connections that it's, we, can, we can draw on in direct ways, not just thinking about, oh yeah, I'm, I'm the universe, great. It's not, a, it's not a mental construct, it's an embodied somatic construct. Do you have a voice yet? <laughs> I might have to stop for a second. All right. So I want people to be able to pick up your book. It's called Weave the Heart of the Universe into Your Life, Aligning with Cosmic Energy. What would be one final thing you'd like to leave our listeners with? I think what I spoke of in the beginning that we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We have these incredible wisdom teachers all around the world from whom we can draw. It doesn't mean we need to live in a primitive way, but it means we can uh, learn from cultures that understood the world in a much bigger way, whether it's the Aboriginal people who have song lines crossing the whole continent that have existed for 50,000 years, or the, the, the Caro descendants of the Inca who have this relationship with stars, um, we can draw on that and, and just incredibly enrich our own lives by, um, by learning from them. I could sit at your feet for a long time and listen to this. I just think you're so very, very wise and and you really embody what the, the shaman, the path of the shaman looks like. And it's a path of walking your talk and, you know, okay. these four pillars. And so I'm really honored to have you here today to be part of this. And um, one thing Sandra Ingerman said last week is she's really upset lately with the, you know, the watering down of the shamanic traditions and, you know, everyone wants to be a shaman lately. And, and you and I both know that, we were called and right. I don't know about you, but I didn't go easy. Yeah. You know? does. I mean, and, and so, you know, if, it, if the earth feels like a path to you, you don't necessarily have to go get your backpack and go down to Peru, but I, you know, I'd suggest maybe going to visit and, and, but pick up Meg's book, you know, pick up my new book, Winds of Spirit and, and, and join us on this path because the path of the earth is the path, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I really want to thank you for being here today. And I want to thank all the people watching this and making ritual a big part of their holiday. Not, I'm going to do a little ritual and have a holiday too. This, right. this is the work. Life is the ritual. Right. And, and uh, I don't really talk about this in my book, but recently I have had a, been called to do a project of 
of feeding filaments of connection from the earth up to the fifth world, the Hopi fifth Ooh. world, the one that follows this one. And it's just, it's amazing. It's, it's another thing that you never know really what you're doing, mm-hmm. but you get these calls from spirit and it becomes this beautiful other opening to, to connection and to, to feeding the, the beautiful world we want to live in and the beautiful world we want to live, leave behind. That's so beautiful. Thank you. What a great ending thought. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Renee. Mm -mm.